Welcome to the Humans Under Grace Bible Study Podcast. We're getting ready to have an old-fashioned line-on-line, precept-on-precept study of God's Word to search out those deeper truths and gain a greater understanding of the Bible. We would love for you to join us today as we dig in and learn what it is God would truly have us to know from the letter that He wrote to us. Hello there. God bless you and welcome into the study today. We're very glad to have you. We're going to be picking it up in Matthew chapter 24, verse 1 here in just a moment. Now, in our last study, Christ pretty well lined out the scribes and the Pharisees. He was dressing them down in front of everybody and letting everybody know these guys are crooks. They stand up here. They claim that God told them this. God told me that. We're holier than you. And they're nothing but just whitewashed graveyards, basically. Because all they do is look out for themselves and lie, lie, lie. And what they're doing is corrupting everybody's soul, their spiritual life, and causing them to spiritually die. And he called them on it. He put it right down where just just he told them how the cow eats the cud. Now, in this 24th chapter, this chapter is crucial for understanding how it's going to happen, how the, how the end times come about, and how that second advent of Christ is ushered in. And he walks through step by step and gives us the six seals from Revelation and tells us exactly what's going to happen when the Antichrist gets here and the deceptions that are going to be in the world. So let's go ahead and ask, ask for that clarity and understanding from our Father in Jesus' name, chapter 24, verse 1. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him to show him the buildings of the temple. They're impressed by these, these massive world buildings, you know. Verse 2. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. Verse 3, And and as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? Now this is very important right here in this verse. First of all, they came to him privately. Christ would usually go into greater detail with his disciples than he would to the public. And he would tell it straight, not necessarily in parables. This is when he was in private with his disciples is whenever he would decipher the parables for them or explain them. Also, what was the subject here? Tell us when shall these things be and what shall be the sign of that coming and of the end of the world? That's your subject. You've got to remember that. A lot of people take this all out of context and they'll pull a verse here and a verse there out of, out of this chapter and try to prove the rapture off of it. It's not possible. When you have that subject, what's it going to be like? All right, verse 4. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Now, this come in my name is basically using his name. What, what, what would that mean? Oh, well, I'm a Christian preacher. You got to follow me. I know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm, I, God told me this morning, and God never spoke to him, okay? Now, at the same time, verse 4 and 5 covers the first seal. In Revelation chapter 6, verse 2, it comes with that first seal. We're just going to touch on that right quick. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn over there just real quick because there is a very important Greek word in that verse that you need to know. Revelation chapter 6, verse 2. 
And I saw, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat on him had a bow. And a crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. Now many people will take that and go, oh, it's a white horse and he's got a bow. Oh, man, that, that must, that's got to be Christ because a crown was given to him and he's conquering everything. The trick on this verse right here is that bow. That bow in the Greek is toxon, and it means a cheap imitation, or it's a fake. Now, who is this that comes first? Many come in Christ's name, claiming to be Christ, that aren't Christ. This is the Antichrist, faking his way like he is Christ. That's what he's warning you about back here in chapter 24 and verse 4 and 5. All right, now verse 6, back here in 24. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Now that's the second seal. What's very important about that is there's going to be wars and rumors of wars until the Antichrist shows up. Many will think it's until Christ shows up. That's the trick. Daniel chapter 8. I'm going to flip back there. We're going to be doing some moving around today. But Daniel chapter 8 and verse 24. And it says, And his power, this speaking of the Antichrist, and his power shall be mighty, but not by his own power. And he shall destroy wonderfully, and shall prosper and practice, and shall destroy the mighty and the holy people. Now how is he destroying these holy people? He's causing them to become apostates. Those who have been in the church all their life, and they were mighty and holy people. And he shows up on the scene and they miss the fact that he's the Antichrist. And they believe that he is the true Christ. And it destroys them spiritually at that point because immediately, the moment they bow to him, the moment they worship him, they become Satan worshipers. Even though they're thinking they're doing the right thing. Verse 25. And through his policy also, he shall cause craft to prosper. What's that? He comes prosperously in his heart. And by peace shall destroy many, and shall also stand up against the prince of princes, but he shall be broken without hand. Now, he's going to come in peacefully and prosperously. With peace he shall destroy many. Because many are looking that if you, if you look in these movies these days, that there's going to be beheadings and wars and you've got to get a tattoo or you've got to get this microchip. And if you don't have that, then they're going to kill you and they're going to... They're going to drop bombs all over the place and all that. No, 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 no. By peace, he destroys because everybody's looking for that. And whenever he shows up and there's no more wars, they're deceived. And spiritually, they're destroyed there again because they believe that he is the true Christ. Now, we'll flip back over here to Matthew chapter 24. and verse 7, For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. Now we're seeing all these things right now. And that would be the third and fourth seals also in that verse. Verse 8. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Now these sorrows are like labor pains. And the thing about labor pains is that the closer that it is time for that, that child to come into the world in this instance where this is symbolic of this new age to come about, that second advent, the closer that time gets, the quicker these 
birth pains hit, the quicker the, con the contractions come. Just as we're seeing today, prophecy is being fulfilled very rapidly now as in comparison as to what it was a hundred years ago or a thousand years ago. Verse 9. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you. Now don't get nervous about that. This to be afflicted, this means they're going to they're gonna try to convince you. They're going to... Basically what they're going to be saying is, Christ is sitting right here. Are you dumb or something? Oh, you'd rather worship Satan. All the while, it's the Antichrist sitting there. And shall kill you. That's where people get nervous, and that kill is not a physical kill. Because God said to Satan, you touch not mine anointed. All those who have the, uh, whose names are in the book of life of God, who have this seal of God, that truth in their head, and understand this word. That's what these seals are about. If you understand these seals, then you're sealed of God, and he cannot touch you. Those who are killed are those who are deceived, those who are tricked. And you've got to think spiritually with me here. This is not flesh. This is spiritually. And you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Why is that? Everybody's going to be thinking that Christ is here on earth. Verse 10. And then shall many be offended. This offended is to stumble. And shall betray one another and shall hate one another. Now why would that be? Well, because they're sitting there that those who stumble, those who fall for this Antichrist. Now, and, and I'm not saying it's going to be easy to, to that, that he's going to be very convincing. I mean, he's going to look just like the lamb slain as it is, is described in Revelation. He looks just like the lamb, but he speaks as the dragon. And so these who stumble are going to do their best. They think that they're doing what's right by trying to get others to come with them to worship who they think is the true Christ. And that's where they betray one another. And that's why they will begin to hate each other, is because they don't understand what they're doing. But they think it's right. Verse 11. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. This is where you would read that Christ would say, many will come to me and say, Lord, Lord, I've healed in your name, and, and we've driven out demons in your name. And he'll say, get Get thee away from me. I never knew you. Because they think they're doing what's right this whole time. Verse 12. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. That means stay strong through that. Don't be deceived by this. And here, you know, just one kind of little, just a simple test. Okay. When Christ returns. At the second advent, the moment the seventh trump sounds, we are transferred, we are transfigured, or basically we're in our spiritual body at that moment, in the twinkling of an eye. So if someone's out here saying that they're the Messiah and the world's believing it and you can paint yourself and you still got blood running through your veins, then you're still in the flesh body. If, if you've still got to take medicine for this old flesh body, then that means you're not in the spiritual body. That means the true Christ is not here yet. So hold on. Verse 14. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. Now this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached. That's whenever the elect are delivered up, and they're given that testimony of Christ. They're allowing the Holy Spirit to speak through them. And that's going around the world, and not only around the world, but it is that cloven tongue that speaks in every dialect 
even down to the county that you were born in. And that is the true testimony that's going to be preached. That's also why many will be hating that, because they're going to think that these folks are just some kind of radical people that's kicking against the, the, what they think is the true Christ here on earth, but it's really the false. Now, from verse 8 to about verse 14, that was the fifth seal. Here we go into the sixth seal, verse 15. Then ye therefore, oh, when ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, whosoever readeth, let him understand. One thing about this, now this is the sixth seal. Many wonder about the number of the beast. 666. Oh man, that's just three sixes. That's confusing. You know, it's the, how are we going to figure this out? At the sixth seal, you see the Antichrist or Satan spoken of. At the sixth trump, you see that that's when he shows up on the scene. And the sixth vial is whenever his stuff is, when, whenever he comes again. That's his trademark. Each time it's at the sixth. Whereas Christ is at the seventh seal, the seventh trump, and the seventh vial. He's always that last one, that seventh. So don't be deceived into following this sixth. Now, before we move on to verse 16, let's jump back to Daniel one more time. We're going to go to chapter 12 this time. All right. Daniel chapter 12. We're going to pick it up in verse 5. Then I, Daniel, looked, and behold, there stood other two, the one on this side of the bank of the river and the other on that side of the bank of the river, now, this river being the Tigris. Verse 6, And one said to the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, How long shall it be to the end of these wonders? And I heard the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, when he held up his right hand and his left hand unto heaven, and swear by him that liveth forever, that it shall be for a time, times, and a half time. And when he, that he is the little horn, that he is the Antichrist, shall have accomplished to scatter the power of the holy people. All these things shall be finished. When that Antichrist has shown up and he's deceived all that he can deceive until it gets to the anointed ones, that God said that he had shortened the time or even the elect would be deceived. Until he gets to that point, then all things will be finished. Verse 8, And I heard, but I understood not. Then said I, O my Lord, what shall be the end of these things? And he said, Go thy way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. Now what does that mean? That means that Daniel's not going to understand this at this point. But now in this generation of the fig tree, these things should be understood because this is the end times. And this knowledge should come through. Verse 10, Many shall be purified and made white, and tried, but the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. Now, this isn't just talking about, you know, what, what most people think of wicked as being murderers and crooks and all this. This is also talking about those who Christ lined out in the last lecture, in the last chapter, with 
those who are whitewashed, who are wickedly going against God's word, who don't get into the truth, who just want to tell stories and give a poem here, or you know maybe read a verse here, or maybe read a verse there, and they take up an hour of just just rattling, and that's it. Well, why would why would that be wicked? Because you're not giving the truth to the children. You're not preparing the children for the battle that is to come. But the wise shall understand, because the wise get into this word. The wise dig deep into God's word to try for that understanding, to, to search it out. Verse 11, And from the time that the daily sacrifice shall be taken away, and the abomination of desolation that maketh desolate set up. Now, the way Moffat, Dr. Moffat translates this is the abomination of uh, the 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 way it's written is that man not necessarily this object but this man is set up there shall be a thousand two hundred and ninety days that's when the antichrist is there blessed is he that waiteth and cometh to the thousand three hundred and five and thirty days one thousand three hundred and thirty five days but go thou thy way till the end be, for thou shalt rest and stand in thy lot at the end of the days. And what that means is Daniel's going to pass away, but then he'll be there uh, at the end because naturally when you pass away, you return immediately to God. Something about this, this and, and this is just kind of in passing, this is nothing to make any type of religion or any type of... Uh, I guess you would say numerology or anything like that about. But if you take when Christ died, when he was crucified, we'll just say 33 A.D., from then to the time that the shoot was set out, which would be that when, when Israel became a nation in 1948, it'd be a difference of 1,915 19, years. I'll get it out here in just a second. All right, so just bear with me a little bit. If you take this 1,290 days and divide that into 1,915, because you're getting a common multiple here, a common multiplier, you get to about 1.48 to 1.5 on a, on a multiple, multi, on a multiplier, common thing. If you take that and multiply it by 1,335 days, you get to the season. Now, not the time, but the season of which these things would start to kind of pull around and mull around. And that would bring you to around 1980 to 1990 when these things would, in that season, in that generation. So it nails that generation that this, this generation that is alive today is that fig tree generation. Now, like I said, that's nothing, that's no kind of religion, that's nothing really to get into. It's just a, kind of a neat thing in passing that really shores up that prophecy. All right, now we'll go back over here to Matthew chapter 24. And verse 16. Then let them which be in Judea flee unto the mountains. 
Now these these are supposed to be watchmen. Okay, you're supposed to be watching and standing by to be able to announce to the world, hey, the Antichrist is here. Be prepared. You better have your armor on. Let's go. It's time. Verse 17. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. Neither let him which is in the field return back to his clothes. Because, why not? Because at the time that the Antichrist shows up, it's going to be so quick that Christ comes back that you're, you're not going to need that. That's what he's saying. That This is symbolic of when you see him, it ain't, just, it ain't going to be just a snap. And here comes Christ. Verse 19. And woe unto them that are with child and, that, and to them that give suck in those days. All right. Now, this is another verse that really throws people because they think, well, Christ said don't have children, and, and if I'm pregnant whenever he shows up, well, then I'm in trouble. Or if I have a, a little suckling child, then that's, I, that's, that's bad for me. That's not what this means. you got to remember, this is spiritual. He's speaking spiritually here. It's a spiritual war that we're facing. Those who are with child symbolically are those who have been impregnated by the Antichrist doctrine, by Satan's doctrine, that he is the Christ. Therefore, they have worshipped him. This is the way that Christ would put this into man's perspective as they had fornicated with him, but it's on an idolatry level. You see, man can't really understand idolatry because we're not to be worshipped, but we can understand adultery because that's something that no one wants to happen to them. And that's what this is speaking of. When the husband has been gone, which is Christ, for 2,000 years and he comes back and you're with child, that means you've been running around on him. You've been playing the harlot with these other, with these other religions. And them that give suck, not only did they have that child, not only did they conceive that doctrine and they receive it, but they also are nursing it along. They're helping to grow it. They're helping to build it and make it, doing their best to make it strong and to survive. You darn sure don't want to be there. Verse 20. But pray ye that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath. Why is that? Both of those days are very restricted in how far you can travel. At the same time, he's talking about when he comes back and at his return uh, many times in parables it is it is symbolized as a harvest if you harvest it in the winter you harvest it out of season that's not when the harvest is verse 21 for then shall be great tribulation such as what not such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time no nor ever shall be Verse 22, and except those days should be shortened, there should be no flesh saved. Okay, now this is, this is where I mentioned earlier, for the elect's sake. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Now what days would this be? That time, 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 times, and a half time. That three and a half years that is divided into two, or the, the seven years divided into two. He shortened them. Now, where else is this mentioned? Revelation chapter 9, verse 5. 
we just hop over there right quick. Revelation chapter 9 and verse 5. And to them it was given that they should not kill them, this being the locust army, which would be Satan's minions, but that they should be tormented five months. And their torment was the torment of a scorpion when he striketh a man. Now, if you've gone through the seals and the trumps uh, in, the, in the studies, then you know that the way a scorpion eats its prey is that it ingests its digestive fluids into it and it causes the insides of it to basically melt. And then that scorpion can uh, eat that, the, the insides of the prey a lot more easy. It causes him to be able to digest it. Spiritually, what this is saying is that they'll hit you with this false doctrine. It'll turn your backbone and it'll just dissolve it where you won't stand up for God. You're going to just flop around for whatever comes by. Now, that five months, you might say, well, that's kind of a step there. Christ said it would also be like in the days of Noah. And how long was Noah's flood? If you remember the waters in Genesis chapter 7, the waters were upon the earth for 150 days. 150 divided by 30 is five, five months. That being one of the signs that Christ said to look for or that it would be like. Verse 23 back here in Matthew 24. Then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. For there shall arise, arise false Christs, and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Now, if it were possible, that means that God has that seal in the elect's head. It's not going to be possible because God will protect them. Verse 25, Behold, I have told you before, wherefore, if they shall say unto you, Behold, he is in the desert, go not forth. Behold, he is in the secret chambers, believe it not. For as lightning cometh out of the east and shineth over unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Now, this word for lightning can also mean the sun. As the sun shines from the east to the west, that's how the Son of Man, the, the coming of the Son of Man will be. How is that? Because whenever the sun rises, the whole world sees it. Anybody that 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 ray of sun touches from east to west. They all see it. Whenever the Son of Man comes back, that seventh trumpet sound will be in our spiritual body. The entire, every everything on earth will know that the true Christ has returned and every knee shall bow. Verse 28, For, who, for, for, for wheresoever the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered together. And immediately after the tribulation of those days, that being the, the, the tribulation of the Antichrist, shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. Now, you know, many would say, oh my goodness, this, that, that might sound like, one of the, like a, a supernova event or something like that. Well, why would the sun be darkened? Because the glory of God in that second advent will be so, that Shekinah glory will be so bright, the sun won't be able to even look like it's shining. Verse 30, And then shall appear the, son of, uh, the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, 
and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And why would they be mourning? Because they had been deceived. They had fallen this one, this false one, this Antichrist, this one that's here instead of Christ. Verse 31, And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, as four winds means from around the world, from one end of heaven to the other. Now verse 32 gets into the parable of the fig tree, so we'll save that for the next study. We'll stop right there. Right here at the end of this seventh seal, the seventh trump, when Christ returns and everything is set back right. Now I know we covered a lot of information in this, and we did a lot of jumping around. I hope it wasn't confusing. And as I said with the with the numbers and stuff, that's not date setting. That was just setting the season, showing that the prophecies in Daniel and 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 around all these prophecies do line up. They are true, no matter what you know. A lot of people say that there's all kind of. Uh, what is it called? They, they contradictions. That's what I was looking for. Contradictions in the Bible. Whenever you, the, you have the true. Now there, there are mistranslations, but there are no contradictions. That's the thing. God does not contradict Himself. Man will cause contradictions. I hope you've enjoyed this. We'll pick it up in verse thirty-two, with the with the parable of the fig tree in the next study. God bless you, and y'all have a great day. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Humans Under Grace Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions that you'd like answered on the podcast, you can write to us at Humans Under Grace, P.O. Box 1467, Tatum, Texas, 75691, or you can email us at questions at humansundergrace.com. Thank you, and God bless you.